That was a really awesome video when I was preparing to speak. It, I seen it, it's been weeks ago that I seen that video and when I was preparing, God brought it back to my remembrance and I thought it was so perfect for where we've been and where I wanted to go today. Last week, like everyone else, for those of you that were here and for those of you that were able to tune in to Facebook, you heard Pastor Jeff challenge us um, on our inconsistencies and maybe our lack of discipline. And he quoted Paul telling us to run our race. And how appropriate in the season that we're in, the Olympics are going, and we all have the opportunity to see great athletes running their race or doing their events. And I went home and I, I meditated on that word that he gave, uh, long and hard. And, you know, for days... I just, I was just like, man, you know, like, because it really, really gave a, a serious kick to the gut for me, if I'm honest, because I, I know that there are times when I'm inconsistent, and I know that there's times when my discipline wanes a bit, and, and I'm, I'm like looking myself in the mirror saying, what's up? Where are you at? You know, what are you doing? Uh, why are you not pushing forward? Um, you could be so much further. And, and Pastor Jeff was talking to us about training, right? He talked to us about training. And, and I watched this video, and I was like, man, it said the guy had an injury. It said he had an injury, yet he got out there and he ran his race. And during my time of meditation on the word that Pastor Jeff preached last week, I found myself slowly beginning to draw on or, or come up with excuses. Anybody here ever do that? I begin to I begin to find excuses. And I mean it's it's easy to do. Um I I begin to get taken away by the but. I I would, but I was going to, but I had a guy preach a message one time called the but. <laughs> Get get it get something get the butt out of this get your butt out of the situation I don't know it was and but the thing is right but you see how that works because we have we have a we have an explanation listen listen to my reasoning people uh, my wife went out of town I was home by myself with my kids five of them five of them. You, yeah, come on. Thank you. Somebody understands. You know what I'm saying? Come see me, see me, okay, because you ain't ready. No, I'm just joking. Kid, you know, wife went out of town. I got the kids. I had to handle day one of school. The first day of school, I had to tackle that alone. It's a test, she says. <laughs> and then, and then the night before, the night before, pastoral duties show up. Literally, at my door, I had to handle something. That was not small. It was, it was not small at all. And here's the kicker, like, just to let you into my life real quick, um, I do, I do like to know what's going on around my house to make sure it's, everyone's safe and so on and so forth. And so, therefore, I have the ability to, you know, 
pull-up cameras, you know, outside and a couple inside. Um, and so I am, I am dealing, I'm, I'm dealing with this situation, pastoral situation. And, and my wife comes over the camera because she can talk over the camera. She comes over the camera and she's like, what are you, what are you doing? It's time to pray. Let's go. And I'm like, now, thank God, it's, you know, it's people that know us and love us, you know, but they just, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, she couldn't see them. She could only see me sitting at look, what looked like to her sitting at the kitchen table doing absolutely nothing, I'm sure. I'm sitting here like this. And, you know, this is her view. And so I'm like, well, what am I doing? Just sitting there, babe? Like, no, I, I, we didn't even talk about it. We didn't talk about it. And I'm like, babe, I'm kind of handling something because right? I can talk back. And she can hear me. I'm like, I'm kind of handling something. She's like, okay, well, the kids have got to go to school tomorrow. You know, and I'm like, okay. So I continue, <laughs> I continue handling the situation. And, you know, and then there's just being a friend, Right. Just regular life when friends need friends, and there was that as well. A uh, little bit lighter situations during the week. And I was like, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. Like, I cannot do this. I can't figure it out. I can't find time. Uh, everything in the world is blowing up, you know. These, this is a serious situation. Uh, you know, I have to make sure this is taken care of. So on and so on and so on. And, and the excuses were there and they were easy. They were real. You know? And it's like, we don't, and, and maybe, you know, maybe you don't understand what I'm talking about, but maybe you do. I don't know about you, but. I know I find that I don't have to look far. I don't have to look long for a distraction. We, you know, <laughs> do you find that, that you don't have to go far for an obstacle to pop up? And wait, wait, what about fear? Fear is waiting at the door. Waiting at the door before you can even get your shoes on and, and, and step out the door. Fear is already there. Entering in, telling you that it's all going to go bad. It's not going to happen in your favor. We are all hearing about the things going on in our world around us. You don't have to tell me, but has fear begun to try to set in again? We just, we just got some freedom from some situations and some things. We just moved beyond some things, and now something else is trying to creep in to steal our focus, to take back the ground that we've gained. We are all feeling nervous, a bit nervous. Some of us maybe even feeling the flight, right? The, the fight or flight reflexes kicking in. I got to go. This, I just can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here, you know. Or, or you know, we're, we're beginning to get catty, you know. Somebody asks you a question. What are you trying to, what are you trying to say, you know? And, it, and it's like, <laughs> it's like, whoa. You know, I kind of thought that such and such, oh, oh, do you? Do you now? Is that the way you feel about it? Hmm? Yeah. You Democrat. I mean, you know, like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't really go either way, so I can say that joke, you know. Republic, I mean, whatever the case is. And, and, and things are stirring. Things are stirring again. And I know that people are getting nervous. 
And it, it can seem hopeless. It's like, man, will this ever end? Will we ever get a break? It can seem hopeless. However, this is not our lot. We are not supposed to, we're, we're, we're not supposed to be, uh, we're, we're not supposed to be able to run our race and focus on the things that are going on around us. Like, it's, let me say it this way. You're not going to be able to run your race if you're focused on the things going on around you. The Bible was very clear when it says we are supposed to, we're supposed to be focusing on the things that lie ahead, leaving the things that were behind. So in order for us to do that, we have to be focused on where we're going. Let's see, let's see what the Bible says. Let's take a page out of David's book, literally. Let's take a chapter out of his book. Psalms chapter 23. We've all heard this before. I don't care if you've never been to church ever in your life. You've heard this, I would say, somewhere. Maybe you didn't know that it was a scripture. Maybe you didn't know David had wrote it. It was a song of Psalms. Maybe you didn't know why it was written. But in Psalms 23 verses, I think it's one through six, it says this, and before I read this, I want to just, I want to pray for a second. Lord God, I just, I ask and pray, Lord, that you would touch our hearts and our ears. God, I pray right now that your people would completely and absolutely hear your voice, that they would hear and understand the words that will be read here, the words that you had written here. I pray that you would start a change within their hearts that will give them a new way of thinking. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. It says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, guide, and shield me. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his namesake. Not because we deserve it. Not because we've done something so awesome. Not because we worked so hard. Yes, though I walk through the deep, sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil. I need you to pause there. Though I go through the shadow, the valley of the shadow of death. What is that for you? Is, is it something, is it a place where you're at now? Is it a place that you feel creeping up on you? Is it, is it a place that you think may come soon? Is it a place you're trying to get out of? Like you've got one foot out and you're tugging and you're pulling and you feel like you're almost there, but it just feels like the darkness, the ugly is holding you. It says, David said, though I am there, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. That's the only way that this works is that we understand 
we expect, we accept that he is with us. It says, your rod to protect and your staff to guide, they comfort me. His protection and his guidance brings comfort. I want to run something back for you. Protection and guidance brings comfort. We recently learned about someone who was specifically sent to be a comforter or a helper or a guider, probably a protector. That's his Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit of God who lives within us if we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. See how this works together. He is here to guide us, to protect us. It says, you prepare, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Is it not a thing that has you fearful, but a person, maybe a group of people? Is it, is it something someone is doing to you or might do to you that has you fearful? Have you been threatened I know I'm talking to some people very specifically. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What does that mean? What does that look like? Let me tell you. That situation that has you nervous, scared. The person who has said something to you that makes you wonder how it's going to go. God will set you up at a table in the midst of that person or that situation. I don't know about you, but when, when I eat and it's good, I'm not really thinking about anything else. <laughs> when you got five kids, you make sure you make dinner good. Because you're, in, you're hoping that they're going to be quiet. <laughs> this, you asked my kids this week while their mom was gone, I was Chef Boyardee, boy, I was cooking it up. <laughs> my youngest was like, Daddy, you're the best cook. I was like, mm-hmm. He never eats seconds. He was eating seconds every single dinner this, this week. And I, that has nothing to do with mom's cooking not being good, because it's good. But... I made sure I needed him quiet for just about 15 minutes. <laughs> and so the point I'm making here is that when you're sitting down and the food is good, this is it right here. You know, that's it. That's it. You know, bombs going off outside. <laughs> you know, hey, you want to go check on that? Right? You're not worried about anything. And see, when your enemy's sitting there and, and, and they're taunting you and they're trying to get a, a rise out of you because of, of, of what, what's going on, God said, I will sit you down at a table in the presence of your enemies. Come on, I love, I mean, I'm sorry, I just, I love the picture of that, you know? We're gonna, we're gonna take your job. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and let me tell you, I'm gonna make a connection here. What are we eating on? We're eating on the bread of life. Come on. If we are eating on the bread of life, if that is what's at the table, it don't get no better. 
You know, it doesn't get any better than that. So while they're sitting there yelling and jumping and screaming and you're just enjoying the table that God has set for you. It says, you anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Surely, or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love. I'm going to say it again. Surely, or only goodness, mercy, and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And through the length of my days, the house of the Lord and his presence shall be my dwelling place. Listen, you, I don't know who you are that I'm talking to specifically. I am talking to somebody. You have a stability in Christ that the world will never know. They can't even have it. If you will trust the shepherd, allow him to take care of you, guide you, and if you will take hold of the peace that he provides, life can be simpler. Like I said, I had pastoral duties that I had to attend to while my wife was gone away, along with the kids and everything that was going on. But I'm, I'm telling you right now, and he just, he just, he just kind of gave me a piece that the reason I was able to make it through that was not because of how good I am not because of how awesome of a father I am, not because I've got great cooking skills and so on and so forth. The reason I made it through that week is because I had him. I had him, and that's the only reason I was able to make it through. The enemy would like for me to focus on the, on the fact that I didn't, I didn't get up and, and pray and, and read the Bible for an hour every single day. I didn't sit at my desk and meditate on the word of God every single night before, after putting them to bed. He would have me to think about that and become discouraged. But I refused to allow him to get me that way. Because here's the deal. My God laid, had me lay down in green pastures. What does that mean? It's a place of peace. In the midst of what should have been a crazy storm of a week, I coasted through because I've been with him. I've been with him. What am I saying to you? I want to be very clear that right now, I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to encourage you not to be fearful. Not to run scared. But to stand on his promises. And I'm going to be honest. Maybe you haven't been on your game. And you may have heard the message that said, you know, somebody speak and tell you, well, you haven't been spending time with him and now things are going crazy. You want to spend time with him. So what? Now is a better time than any. You've never even given God the time of day. Great time to start. Because here's the deal. David wrote that song because he had experienced what it was like to go through something and be kept 
he understood what it was to be in a place of rest and peace. He understood that it was only his God that could, would do only what his God could do, which was keep him, protect him, and not only that, give him a place in front of his enemies where he was without a care. The enemy wants to bring fear on people, period, but definitely on the church. And I want to say to you, do not let him do that. Remember whose you are. Remember whose you are. I don't care. I don't care what politics, political party you belong to. I don't care. I don't care about your race. I don't care about your gender. I don't care. Because with Jesus going before you, none of that matters. None of it matters. I refuse to be held captive by anything aside from Jesus. Is it difficult? Yes. I'm not going to say it's not difficult. It is difficult. It is difficult to not allow fear to grip you. It is difficult to move forward in the midst of things that seem to be imploding on you. It is difficult to be nonchalant when your enemy seems to be laughing in your face. But this is why I showed you the video that we started with. I want to take you back to that visual, and I want you to think about that man who dropped so far behind. Number one, he's running a race. At the end of the pack is not the place where you want to be. Five to ten feet behind the pack is definitely not the place where you want to be. Now, add a stadium full of people. Add viewers on the television, spectating. Add coaches, peers, the competition, other sporting events. Are you following me? It was not steel. He was not on a treadmill or on a track that was empty. He was in the midst of chaos. And there was one thing that you've seen that man do. And it was run his race. Undeterred by anything else that was going on in that place. Did he have to struggle with himself? Absolutely. Did he have to struggle with his own thoughts? Absolutely. But he ran his race. Focused on what he was doing. And doing exactly what Pastor Jeff told us we need to do. He was consistent and he was disciplined based off of what? The training that he had done. So when things looked crazy, when things looked bleak, he depended on what he had been doing previously. And that got him to the finish line, but not only to the finish line, he won the race. What am I saying to you? I'm saying this. I don't care where you've been. I don't care where you're at right now. I want you to look to where you're going. I want you to begin to train now. Hear what I'm saying. Whatever you're scared of that's coming down the pike, train now. Whatever you feel like you're in right now, 
Start training now. What, Pastor Wayne? It makes no sense. It makes every bit of sense. When you want to lose weight, what do you do? You start exercising. So in the midst of whatever you're feeling like, that's the way you get started. When you want to get better, that's the way you get started. My kids started to play basketball. Never had played basketball. We didn't have a basketball rim. I don't even think we owned a basketball. I surely knew nothing about basketball. Very little. So when I was asked to coach, I began training right then. I began learning how to do what I was going to be needed to do right then. When it became game time, I did my best. I leaned on what I had learned, and guess what? I continued to learn more. Why? I had no plans on doing this ever again, but then I got the call again. Will you come and will you coach again? And I'm thinking to myself, you guys are obviously crazy. Could be fearful. I could say, no, I'm not your guy. There's somebody who's better who can do it for you. But instead, I move forward. Because here's the fact. What I'd done before, I only done, and I realized I only done because it was Christ who led me. If he did it once, he can do it again. Guess what? A coach who would be so much better than me volunteered to assist coach me. Your boy's about to look real good this season. <laughs> I'm about to look real good. They're going to be like, man, you did such a great job. I'm like, you know, but just hear what I'm saying. If you're going through, if you're heading into something, remember, remember who God is. Remember what he promised you. Do not allow this world to get you frazzled and fearful. If you've never leaned on him before, start leaning on him now. Lean on him now. Expect him now. Real quick, show of hands, okay? If you have leaned on God and he came through for you, now listen, if you have not, don't raise your hand. It's okay. I want to show you something. If you've never leaned on him before or you've never seen him come through for you before, I want to show you something. If you have, will you raise your hand? Put your hand down. That's how many people in this room have seen God come through for them in a time of need. Hallelujah is right. Amen is absolutely right. We have to understand we are not alone. And somebody's been there before. I was talking to someone a few weeks back and they came to me and, and they were tearful. And I could feel the pain. And I just, my heart went out for them. And I'm just praying for them as they're talking to me. Because they're going through a very, a very rough time in life. We all, we all are going to get old and we all are eventually going to pass away. And that's a rough thing. It's a rough thing to, to experience, I'm guessing. And it's a rough thing to have to deal with being the person that is watching this happen. And I'm, I'm watching this person and listening to this person, and my heart is going out to this person because of what they're having to deal with and, and watching their loved ones begin to go. And a month, months later, whatever, I get a phone call that somebody else I know just lost their father. 
and they were going to have to go and take care of their mother. And I got to talk to them yesterday, and they seemed so hurt. And my heart went out for them. But you know what I thought of? I thought about the other person. And I thought to myself, that's crazy. So I got the opportunity to talk to the original person, and I told them, I said, hey, I just want you to know that I was talking to somebody who was in the same situation you were. And I was like, I thought about you. I thought about you, and I thought about how God was moving on your behalf and how he was keeping you and how I wondered if the other person that I had been talking to knew God the way that you did because there was a clear difference in how they were handling it versus the way they handled it. And I'm not saying anything's wrong, but what I noticed was they seemed, they were hurt and they were crying, but they seemed like they were leaning on Jesus. This person seemed like they just began to lean on Jesus. They were like, when this happened, I didn't know what to do. So I sought out some of my friends that I knew prayed, and I was like, hey, will you pray for me? This person said that they hit their knees and began to pray. What am I saying to you? Lean on him. Trust him. Whatever the situation is, whatever the world is looking like, do not give in to this world and what's going on. Don't let this world and its circumstances and its situations take us away from the reality that we don't belong here. We are only visiting This is the word. I'm not telling you something that's fake news. The word says that this is not our home. So though we may be here physically, we can have an expectation of something more. So there's no need for us to get wrapped up in it. We have to be on the track. If 50 people fall around us, we don't, we don't have to fall. There's a thousand things going on. We don't have to lose focus on what we're here for. I could come up with a thousand different examples because while I was preparing for this, I did. They just kept coming to me. They kept coming to me, you know? I've had, I've had an interesting life, you know, and God has been there for me throughout the entirety. I realized that. There were times when I did not focus on him, and there are times when I focused on him very much. But the one key that is true is that I focused on him. I knew him. And I trusted him to do what he said, what his word said he would do. Okay? So when you're feeling like the the world is folding in on you, go go to this simple scripture. When I first thought to preach this scripture, I was like, Psalms 23, Lord, really? (laughs) Come on. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Everybody's heard this, Jesus. And he's like, you know what? You're right. But sometimes they forget. They forget the Lord is their shepherd and they shall not want. They forget that he he leads them and guides them and protects them through valleys. Don't forget. Don't forget. Pray. Press and expect him to move on your behalf. Do not let anything except for God hold you captive. I'm going to pray. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for your word. I thank you, God, that it's so simple, yet it's profound. It's profound in all that you provide and all that you do. 
it's profound in its keeping power. The peace that it brings, the comfort. God, I pray for your people. I pray that they would begin to have a hunger for your word. That they would take it in, that they would consume it for what it is, the bread of life. If there's anybody here under the sound of my voice with all eyes closed and, and heads bowed, if there's anybody here that just that you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you haven't made that conscious decision that I'm going to I'm, I'm going to look to him. I'm going to begin to expect from him. I want him in my life. I want to try something different. I want something different. I want to see if this really works. <laughs> if that's you, will you just raise your hand? I'm not going to ask you to come up. Will you raise your hand? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray with you And the Bible says that we're not supposed to test God, but when it comes to this particular situation, it is of and in itself a test. It's a test of your faith and a test of his mercy. And I want to pray for you as you put your faith in him that you will see that you will see that he will guaranteed pass the test every single time, that he's going to be there for you, that he will come through for you. Just look for him. Lord God, you've seen the hearts of the people that raised their hand. God, you've seen the hearts of the people that didn't raise their hand, but desire you, desire to know you, God, I pray right now, Father, that you would show up in their lives, that you would pour out your Holy Spirit and that, that they would begin to see you for who you are, that they would look back over their lives and they would see how you've been there the whole time. Give them eyes to see your hand on their life. And then, God, begin to build their faith, that they would trust you, God, with their future, that they would begin to run the race the way that you have them run the race, that they would trust you in the midst of chaos, that they would depend on you in the midst of a storm, that they would find a place of rest sitting at a table that you've made for them in front of their enemies, that they would know that you are God, you are love, you are grace, and you are all they need. Father, show up and show out just because that's who you are. And God, I pray that their faith would grow. I pray that their faith would grow. And I rebuke fear in their life. I rebuke anxiety. I rebuke depression. In the name of Jesus, I speak freedom. There's freedom in Christ Jesus. Freedom to live life unchained, unfearful. Freedom to live life with expectation of something more, of something better. Freedom to live life as you are meant to live life. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, be with us. Let us remember who you are. Let us remember who we, whose we are. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. I just wanted to share something real quick um, before we leave this place. And uh, God brought to my attention with hearing, um, I wasn't here last week, but I watched the message and what a powerful message it was about training. And um, man, God brought back to my remembrance while I was listening to that message and then hearing Pastor Dwayne today 
Um, there's so many times I, I teach fitness and uh, I watch people come in at the beginning, right? And, and apply this as we're Christ followers, okay? So coming alongside, you're a Christ follower and you're at the beginning. As a Christ follower, um, you, okay, so let me give you the diagram of the fitness. You see people come in and they're not seeing the results the next day, okay? But as a witness, I never used to work out before three years ago. I was the weakest link, but I came in in determination of I want to be able to roll around with my grandbabies. I want to be able to run this race with them and do obstacles with them when I'm older. That was my, that was my goal for me in the fitness realm. Then they started asking me to teach once I started to build up and gain and see results happening in my life. This isn't a plug for working out. It's a plug for life. When we are Christ followers, we can come in, and once you start getting in that word, and you see the results of God moving and doing in your life because you're applying what he's showing you, the results are far better than the working out part. It's phenomenal, but it's easier to quit. It's easier to quit when we're Christians. You go into a job and they train you for the job. You have no idea. You go into that job. You don't know what they're doing, but they train you. And as you train, you learn more and more. And so when it's, we, we talk about this all the time when we come in, when you have your first baby. You come in, you have no idea what to expect, how this is going to go. Well, how do I push? What do I do? I have no idea. People who work there know how to do it. But they've been in that life, and they've been training. They, they know what to do, but they don't explain it to the one who's never been trained. So you're sitting at that table. till baby number three, I didn't even know how to push properly. Like, you're going to poop, okay? Yeah, I just said poop. But that's how you're supposed to push. Baby number three is when I learned that because nobody explained it to me in the training because they expected me to know. When you go into a job and they train you for something, you start to gain that knowledge, but you're working for it. There's a goal. You see the goal. This is where I want to be when I'm training for my job, okay? And we keep going with it. In the walk of Christ, you're not getting a paycheck. But let me tell you that the payment is far better than that paycheck you're getting because God is supplying that as well. The walk of Christ is a lot easier to bow out. And when I see people walk in the gym... And they don't get those results, and then they walk away because they're discouraged because it's hard. It's hard work. It's going to take time. And you see people not coming back, and I'm like, just give it. Give it a few months, and you will see those results, and you won't want to quit. I'm telling you this because don't quit. If you're making that decision, if today's that time when you're like, I'm ready to train, don't quit. It's going to get hard. You're going to have things shut off. You're going to have friends that might not want to be around you. You're going to have life changes that you're not used to, and it's uncomfortable. But who's our comforter? He's our comforter. Rely on him. Don't quit. I just, that's what I felt like. I need to come up here and tell you not to quit. Depend on him. Depend on the people around you right now. We are here to love you, support you, and help you in this walk because it's not easy. But don't quit because the, the end goal, the race, the end of the race is far better than anything you could ever imagine. Like we talked about in VBS, that goal, heaven, this is not our home, as Pastor Dwayne said. We're here temporary. And how many people are you going to bring alongside you on the way and let them see that end goal with you? We're here to help pick you up and bring you to that end. I just don't quit. If you need anything, don't be ashamed. Come, talk to the people around you. There's so many people in this church. They're family. You're family now. And that's what God made this building for us to come together and support and love each other so that we can get to the end of the race. So let's help each other train, right? Motivation. When I'm, when I'm up there and I'm teaching, I'll pump you up real quick. Come on, you can do this. 
Let's go. We're doing it together. And I tell them that. I am fighting this just as much as anyone else in this room. We are all fighting it every day. Just don't quit. <laughs> I don't go to her class. <laughs> She, she ain't lying, boy. I'm telling you. I'm not going to tell you my story because it's the opposite. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you because it's the opposite of what we're supposed to do. I go to her class and I'm like, my God, this sucks, you know. And she's like, come on, dude, you know, let's go. And I'm like, ah. And I'm like, watch this, though. Watch this. This is how we are. I'm serious. I, I had to tell you this. The guy was like, I'm her husband. And she's the fitness coach, right, or whatever. What does it look like if I'm in there not doing the stuff right? So now all of a sudden I have an excuse not to go. I don't, I don't want to go because I don't want to make her look bad. You ever, seriously, have you ever heard somebody say that about going to church? I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go to church. Look at, look at me. I just don't fit. I don't fit, you know. Or, you know, they come one time and they're like, ah, oh, no, no. I don't want to make you look bad. You know what I'm saying? I just don't do it right. Man, get out of here with that. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit trusting God. Don't quit, don't quit giving him the opportunity. Watch this. Listen, and I'm going to let you go. Don't stop giving him the opportunity to be amazing because he is. He will. Listen, the more you give him the opportunity to be amazing in your life, the more he will do it. So you keep giving opportunity to be amazing in your life, and you're going to see amazing things happen in your life. The whole while, the enemy ain't going to stop attacking, okay? The world isn't just going to miraculously get better. But the crazier it gets, the greater your miracles are going to look if the more you let him do what he does. I'm a testimony. Me, my wife, my family, we're a testimony of this, you know? If you ever want to know, come and ask. Come and talk to us. Because we have, we have miracle upon miracle where God has blessed us. And look at the people around you. They do too. I know some of them, okay? Some of their things. I know everybody here, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> okay? I love you. Be blessed. Go enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you. Facebook. Bye.